0: In doorless chambers, where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. <laughs> Hey everyone and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy podcast and today we're going to be talking about Disneyland Paris planning for 2021. We've not got any plans at the moment for Disneyland Paris in 2021 but someone who does is regular contributor who I keep wanting to say is a regular collaborator but I think that's probably the wrong word, uh, Dan. So how are you doing Dan? Yeah I'm all good thanks, how, uh, how are you? I'm not too bad. Um, how's uh, life been treating you at the moment?
1: Yeah, old, uh, old lockdown life. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Um, I'm looking forward to getting out a little bit more than I am at the moment, uh, but I can't. I can't complain. Uh, at least, at least we can get outside. and We can visit a few places now, which is more than can be said for a few months back. Uh, so yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, and you're you're in Leeds like me, aren't you? So you're part of the Leeds area.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. Um and we've we've got quite a few sort of local local not not parks so much but quite a few like local aquariums and bits that we can we can go out and see. Uh, we're not too far off quite a few attractions so it's it's nice to to be able to get some some of the sights.
0: Yeah, and we can get out to the coast from here as well which is quite good, but I don't know if you've been seeing the pictures but Whitby has been absolutely swamped full of people. Uh, for about two months solid now. So <laughs> That's, I've <just> yeah. been... <laughs> I'm That's... not sure about going to the coast at the moment.
1: <laughs> I'm, Whit- Whitby's always pretty rammed, but if you if you get loads of people in lockdown for, for months and months and then reopen Whitby again, it's it's obviously gonna be a, gonna be a busy one. But now, I've actually not been to Whitby in years. Um we when we went to Flamingoland I know it's it's quite close, isn't it? Uh yeah, Flamingoland's yeah. quite quite near the coast.
0: Yeah, I mean it's about um Maybe sort of half an hour drive. Uh, maybe maybe a bit further to Whitby, but it's sort of, it's sort of in between Whitby and Scarborough is uh, Flamingo Land. So yeah, it's right. not far. Yeah, uh,
1: I think the problem is when you visit parks, it's quite draining. It's it's quite you, there's loads going on, so I'm never quite quite up for like another day excursion on top of that. Uh, I think I think to get the most of of seaside towns, it's best to just go out there and have a, have a bit of a day on its own.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think we're 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 thinking of going to Scarborough. We were going to go to Scarborough um, this month, but the Scarborough Fair Museum that has all the vintage uh, fairground rides out in Scarborough that's actually closed for twenty twenty. So, um, so we probably are going to go to Scarborough and do a bit of a video at some point, but probably wait until the Scarborough Fair Museum opens. I think because I think yeah. that'll make it a bit more interesting because I've got a vintage ghost train which i'm quite interested in i'm not i'm not i still i'm still not entirely sure whether you can ride it or not but i think just to see it would be pretty good so we'll just have to see won't we
1: well in the meantime we've always got york york's always a bit of a winner um and like just just being able to go out and and see some of the harry potter-esque condensed streets and i know there's quite a few activities like Yorvik i think is is open again isn't it
0: yeah, and we we went to York a couple of weeks ago, so if you follow us on the Facebook page you'll have seen that we've been to York and uh we didn't go to York this time, but we did go to York Dungeon. Um and um it was still about an hour in length was York Dungeon. Uh but the, there were a couple of scenes which were cut out, um, you know, because of the distancing measures that they have. Uh but it was still really good. Um and we've got Merlin annual passes, so you know, it it, well, it cost us a pound, you know, to book it. Uh, but apart from that, we thought well, we might as well because we're there. Uh, Jorvik's one of those funny ones because um, on the face of it, it's quite expensive for what it is. But it is really a unique attraction. But I don't know if a lot of people know, but uh, normally if you get a ticket, uh, you can normally go back all year as well. So that's always quite handy.
1: Yeah, right. Well, we're going to um, to the deep in Hull this weekend. And they, they have a similar operation where you buy a ticket and it is quite expensive. But I think, I'm I'm not sure if it's still the case at the moment because you need to pre-book your places. Uh, but usually this ticket can be recycled for like the entire year. So it does add a, a little bit of fat, sort of added value to the whole thing.
0: Yeah, so it's always worth checking these things out because sometimes it might look, sometimes tickets uh, look expensive on the face of it, but then you don't realise that you can actually keep going back sometimes. So you can always get your money's worth um and especially for us in yorkshire york is pretty much bang in the middle of yorkshire so it's never too far away is it so yeah
1: yeah and and usually the road connections are fairly good up there um it's just during during weekdays that it seems to get a bit bad because of all the all the sort of work traffic Uh, but weekends i've never really had any issues commuting around there
0: no and and parking as well which can be quite expensive <laughs> yeah so true uh, true it can, can be you know well maybe maybe for yorkshire it's expensive i think if you're coming from london maybe you think it's quite cheap yeah. but i mean you still you still spending like 20 pounds per day or something or maybe more than that sometimes so
1: unless you park at um at the national Frame museum it's what is it a tennis to park there all day oh is it oh, i think yeah, so okay. yeah it's because it's the only bit you pay for at the uh at the the, the the National Museum, uh, because the actual entry is free.
0: Yeah, so the National Railway Museum, that's something that we checked out as well and put some pictures on. Um, it is free to go in, but they do sort of quite... Well, not at the moment, but they used to be quite... um. Not forceful, but they're quite um, keen to get a donation from from you. <laughs> the sort of the the you they seem to have not do this anymore, maybe because of the COVID measures. But they used to kind of make you queue up and go to a desk, and you'd almost have to explain why you weren't leaving a donation. <laughs> so you always ki- you always kind of get guilt tripped into leaving a donation. So we normally do anyway, but you know.
1: That's that's interesting. I've I've not had that. I did have that when I went down to London and I visited like the Nas- National History Museum and the Science Museum. Like you have to go in through like a gated entry. Uh, I did. I didn't have that with with the uh, the National Train Train Museum. Uh, maybe they took pity mm-hmm. on me cause of because uh, of the kids.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, we had that. And also the National Football Museum, we had that as well. They kind of funnel you into this bit and you have to go and speak to someone to get your ticket and you you basically end up having to make a donation. Yeah, right. I suppose it depends on your view on these things because... Um, I know they these um they've kind of had the funding cut back a little bit. I mean, normally in the past you could have said, "Well, I pay, you know, I have a job and I pay my taxes, and that all goes towards it." But I think the the funding has been cut back, you know, over the years. So I suppose maybe it's only right that we make a bit of a donation, or or maybe buy the um, you know the pack that they have, or something. Or you know, sometimes they have like a guidebook or something. So maybe buy the guidebook. You know, at least you get something for it then.
1: Yeah, well the last time I went down to, to London I noticed that I was checking out the Wikipedia page For the National, uh, I think it was the, the Science Museum Before I went in And I noticed that some of the pictures were really duff on, on Wikipedia So I took some better pictures and uploaded them to, to Wiki So I think that was my donation That was a donation of time
0: <laughs> Yeah, that sounds fair enough to me <laughs> right okay so enough of that let's talk about someone's probably tuned in thinking this isn't about disneyland paris what's happening so if if you have continued to listen or you've just clicked 15 seconds on for the last you know 20 times then yeah let's move (laughs) let's move on to disneyland paris so just to give a bit of context there, I mean, I, so I've been, we've been a few times to Disneyland Paris, uh, you've never been to, Dis- oh no, you have been, but in, in the past quite a while ago, I believe, um, yeah. so it's almost like you're going for the first time, but you've been, more recently you've been going out to America and going to Florida, going to Disney World, so yeah. you're kind of more into the Disney World kind of way of thinking with Disney, I think now. Um, we we um, we went to Disney World a few years ago, but we've more recently been going to Disneyland. So I think it's going to be quite interesting uh, to see the differences uh, that you see between you know the two parks. So, but before we kick off, um, do you want to just tell the audience? Where they can find you because you've got a, a YouTube channel now, uh, and you might want to direct people to it.
1: Yeah, so I, I to be honest, again, I still need to to invest a little bit more time. It's been it's been I think a lot of people uh, in in recent times have either had too much time on their hands or, or way too little, and I've been sort of the, the last group. I've I've not had much time, but when I have more time to invest in it, I've got a couple of different series coming up. Uh, so both are called "Is It Worth It." One's called "Theme Parks" and one's called "Day Trips." Uh, and so, smaller days out, like uh, to, to museums, to, to local local areas, will be in day trips, and, and proper theme park visits will be in that channel. Um, so, I guess just favourite is it worth it? Theme parks, and when I go to a to a theme park next, you'll you'll hear about it.
0: Yeah, and you did um, you did do a video on the National Railway Museum, which I believe is on your
1: yeah Pinterest i channel. I regret making that because like a week later <laughs> it was made redundant by more things opening so uh lessons yeah. lessons to be learned about the current current situation things change so so quick
0: yeah well that's that's it although when we did go i think we went a couple of weeks after you and they' still you still couldn't go on the you know the bullet train and you couldn't go on the little train rides and things so I'm not sure what's open now uh, yeah. But when we went there' was still a lot closed but yeah, anyway, so so, we, so uh, I can't remember when, but at the beginning of the year, we had a bit of a conversation about, and you were trying to weigh up, shall I go back to Disney World, or shall I go to Disneyland Paris, and not getting into the kind of, you know, political um, health situation yeah. kind of side of things, because that's a completely different topic. Yeah. We were weighing up, um, you know, I think you were sort of weighing up, you know, um, does Disneyland Paris have enough to offer for me to you know your you know your you with your family you're wanting to go on a holiday that you want to really have a good time uh you want to get the best value out of it you know you're going to be spending a lot of money so is it, is it the right thing to do to go to Paris over Florida so do you want to just talk us through a little bit about your process and how you kind of weighed up you know not getting into the other issues too much but yeah, you know weighing you know, up you know why you may have decided to this year uh go to Disneyland paris instead of going out to florida f- well 2021 i guess yeah no, well i
1: think everyone's already focusing on 2021 aren't they that's that's this year now everyone uh, forget 2020 <laughs> yeah, um yeah. so yeah i think it's it's just uh so, so when when you're when you're booking big trips i think for me it's all about escapism it's all about escaping reality and you know the stresses of of, uh, of reality for a, for a couple of weeks, and we've been to to Disney World three times now. Um, we usually go for a couple of weeks, and it's it, I think it's not just the trip itself; it's the planning, it's it's you know the organisation that goes into it, and it's it's just having something to focus on and look forward to. And you've got you know busy 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 working family lives and i think this year was was difficult when we were planning what we were going to do for for our next big holiday um we usually we'd just i we've mean, we've just been defaulting to to let's go back to disney world again every single time we go there there's new rides there's new you know hotels there's new things to do there's restaurants we've not been to so the choice was to to keep doing that but i think for, for us it was there was a couple of things. We've just had our second kid, and she's she's currently tiny, um, and it's going to make travelling on a plane and and over that kind of distance a lot more challenging than than previously. And I think the other aspect to it is we've not been to Paris, and it's it's right on our doorstep, and it sort of feels like you know if if we're going to give that a go now is now is a good time. It'll 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 save the commute, and it'll be a bit of a different experience. I know that you, you previously mentioned that compared to disney world it's it's really new all the equipment all the you know all the the rides are, are in really good shape and it, it looks like it's you know it's had a lot of care and love that, that's that gone into the park so it it seems like a you know a good logical next step i'm i, I still have concerns that it's you know we're still going for the escapism of it we're still hoping to to get that and it's not as big a park and no one's you know no one would say it is um so I'm just hoping that the quality and, and obviously the shorter duration of our, our holiday this time will 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 make up for the fact that it's not, you know, the same size of resorts.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean obviously so if 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 you've not been to Disneyland Paris before, you're not familiar with it, uh Disneyland Paris uh area is quite a big area. It's over about five thousand acres, something like that. Um but not a lot of it's actually been developed, you know, maybe about twenty percent of it's been developed. So at the moment there's there's two parks at Disneyland Paris. So there's the Disneyland Park, which is pretty much um pretty much like they've, they've kind of styled it on the one that you'll find in in california but obviously it's got a much larger castle for example so they were kind of going for this kind of classic uh disneyland kind of feel when they designed the park but the differences with uh disneyland paris is that because they've got a lot more space They were able to kind of spend a bit more time and kind of really planning out the logistics of the park, so making sure the pathways are all in the right place and making sure we've got enough space. And they spent an awful lot of money on uh, making sure that Disneyland Park was, you know, a really beautiful park uh, to look at. And... and, um, Probably, you know, probably about 15 years ago, uh, some people might have been saying that Disneyland Paris was, you know, suffering a little bit because it wasn't making a lot of money and, you know, they weren't keeping up to it as much as they could have done. But over the last few years in particular, and now it's actually owned by Disney, uh, because previously it wasn't actually owned by Disney, there have been over time they've been kind of upgrading different rides and spending money on different areas of the park and it's kind of got to a point now where Disneyland Park is, is a really really nicely uh, polished park and it's really nice now the other park that they have at Disneyland Paris is the Walt Disney Studio um, and that's kind of like a, almost like a mini version of Hollywood Studios um, I mean Hollywood Studios gets a lot of stick for not having a lot of attractions but you know, Walt Disney Studios really does suffer from a lack of attractions. There's really not a lot of rides there at the moment. And especially now that they're building a Marvel area, that whole back lot area, um, you know, is under construction at the moment. So... When you're considering, you know, when you're comparing the parks though, Dan, is there any aspects of Disneyland Paris that you think actually compared to Disney World, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing this different thing or trying this thing that's new at Disneyland Paris? What would you say that you're looking forward to the most in comparison?
1: I think the 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 couple of, of attractions I'm looking forward to. So I think Space Mountain is is really high up on the list. Um, so I remember I, I don't have many memories of the first time we went because it was it was quite a rushed weekend trip uh, and we just didn't plan it out as a family at all. I think the reason the reason I have not not much of a memory of it is, is we literally did did nothing. We didn't know what we were doing. We, we turned up there we didn't know what the rides were we didn't know any of the history of any of the you know any of the park uh, and we we just basically stuffed it up um so compared to this time where we we've we you know we're we're much more into the uh the disney experience we know what to expect we know what the other parks have um we we we're, we're much better prepared uh, but yeah i remember one of the, the few memories i do have is is looking up at at uh, at uh, space mountain and thinking yeah that looks amazing but there's no way I'm I'm going to ride that because at the time I had a bit of a phobia of, of roller coasters which has now uh, has now been been, uh, been removed from my uh, my sort of florida holidays. Um and yeah it just looked amazing back then. I, I know that they've they've changed the theming haven't they? It used to be quite steampunk. Uh and I'm not sure what it is. Mm. It's Star Wars now, isn't it?
0: Well, the area still is themed after Jules Verne, so it's still very Jules Verne, but um the, they had the first uh, Space Mountain mission, I don't know if they called it Mission 1, but then they had Mission 2, which was a slightly upgraded version, still based around the kind of Jules Verne idea. Uh, but for the last couple of years, it's been re-themed as Hyperspace Mountain, so it still looks exactly the same from the outside, uh, but they have changed it so the inside now, uh, you have onboard audio, um, so compared to if you're familiar with Space Mountain at uh, Disney World, then you kind of sit in like a kind of toboggan type uh, car. Uh, but at Disneyland Paris, it's actually um, it's the track and the trains are built by Vekoma, and it's like the it's like the trains that you'll find on board Rock and Roller Coaster. So it's exactly the same. So you get uh, onboard audio, which is the um, you know the Star Wars theme tune as you're going around and then they've got screens uh with like um you know you and you kind of you see you like you're in space and you've got kind of spaceships coming towards you and then you they have lights that look like uh, lasers all around and stuff like that and and the ride is uh you know reasonably intense you know you go in through I think there's a corkscrew in there there's definitely a vertical loop in there so you know you're going upside down I think maybe there's to, uh, three inversions something like that and you're going at a reasonable speed the best bit i think about um space mountain at Disland paris though is that it does have like a kind of uphill launch as well which is very unique so it originally it was meant to be like a kind of jules verne cannon uh because um the the film that they made like in the 1920s i think it, it was based on uh, they had like a cannon, and they kind of shot this capsule towards the moon, and it's kind of based on on that kind of story. Um, and originally, they used to have like smoke, and you'd and there was um, a bit of an animation as well. You saw it like the gun, sort of uh, the barrel, sort of moving. Uh, but unfortunately, you don't see that anymore. So, so you were talking about earlier. You were talking about. Um, You know, with Disney World, there's a lot of planning involved. So I know that you've done a bit of planning, but I think your wife's done probably a bit more planning as well. How have you found the whole planning experience in comparison to planning your Disney World trip? You know, where have you seen the big differences?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. To be honest, I'm surprised that Disney haven't made a lot of the processes more uniform, like the, the ticket entry. Because uh, even in America, looking at looking at you know the different parks, so you've got the the west coast and east coast. Um, one uses ticketing like the, the old fashioned tickets, and, and the other uses you know the the. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what it is. It used to it, it was the the, the fingerprint uh, in mechanism, but I think they've they've probably done away with those recently. Um, but again, in 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 Paris, um, it's it's not it's not like the Disney World system, is it? It's it's it, it's tickets again. Um so I'm I'm surprised that there's there's not more sort of uniformity between the parks. Um I think I and mean, we've been doing quite a lot of research. I, we found a nice hotel. Um it was it was interesting looking at the the different ways to get there. So the um we we've picked the train um because well for a few different reasons. I think we were just wanting to avoid uh plane journeys if possible. Um but like you, you can get there on a plane, you can get there by train, you can get there by a coach. Uh, you can do a combination of different things so it's it's good to have you know different ways to to reach the park which is something you don't have really if you if you go to uh, to disney world you have to take a plane and then you, know, you, you can either uh, rent a, a car or, or go by a, uh, by a by a bus when you get there but like really the the majority of the the way you get in there is is going to be the same as everyone else uh, so it's nice to have that flexibility
0: yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I love about uh, going to Disneyland Paris is that, um, I mean, we normally uh, fly and, you know, we're in Leeds, so we actually have an airport here. So I can literally uh, jump in a taxi, uh, 10 minutes later, I'm at the airport, uh, you have to hang around the airport for about three hours now. Uh, but once you get on the plane, you're 45 minutes, hopping and a skip over, you're in France, um, you know, and if you book a transfer, it's it's another half an hour or so. And then you're there, and it almost feels you're like, oh, I'm, I'm here now. <laughs> it's almost like just getting on a train down to London or something. It's probably actually quicker than that. What well, people
1: people go in their own cars, don't they? So people drive yeah. down to Disneyland yeah. Paris, and that idea is pretty pretty mad as well.
0: Yeah, and it's great, and uh, and it's like you said, it's on our doorstep. And I mean, I know a lot of people will say, well, it's really expensive compared to going to Disney World, but. I, I don't know if it is. I mean, um, I think pound for pound, I don't think it is uh, more expensive. I think ultimately you're not going to go to Disneyland price for two weeks. I think if you did go for two weeks, then yeah, it probably would be more expensive. But I think, you know, you're going for five days, but I feel like you, you're you getting the benefit of, you know, not having to travel as far so you're not as tired. Because one of the problems I find uh, going to uh, Florida is that you almost like lose a day uh at the beginning because you're just knackered you know from the flight and then you've kind of got to catch up aren't you and you kind of feel a bit you feel a bit groggy for a couple of days sometimes and you're not used to the weather you've kind of got to get used to the weather and there's all that kind of stuff whereas France the weather is pretty much the same as it is here you know so you you pretty much i I always find that i get to paris i get to Disneyland paris and I'm, i just feel like right i'm ready to go you know whereas when we went to florida i just felt like oh i'm knackered i need to i need to chill chill out i need to cool down you know and it's all that all that kind of stuff to think about um so there's a the benefit of that as well that you can just pretty much get there and you know get going straight away yeah and uh, with
1: with um with disney world i definitely recommend anyone who's, who's going there don't don't go nuts on your first day because like when, when we last went the first thing we did is we had a full day at uh, in the magic kingdom and then we went to the the evening event that they had because uh, it was it was a halloween um i can't remember what, what it's called the not so scary uh, halloween party yeah and so we we finished really late and we were completely exhausted and like mm-hmm. just just looking back it'd be much better to just have that first day at a pool somewhere uh, to just try and try and recover from the flight
0: yeah i think a lot of people forget that you know, you've had a really long flight. And a lot of the time, you've probably been awake an awful long time. Like, um, you know, we we had to get up at something like six, six o'clock in the morning. Then as flight, we're like, you know, half ten or something. And then we had the kind of nine-hour flight over there. Then when you get to Florida, it's about four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, but actually, it'd be, you know, much later <laughs> in the day. So, um it kind of feels it feels very weird, and then and then your body kind of wants to wake you up um, at like kind of four o'clock in the morning on your first day, uh, where well your mind does, and then your body's not as willing. Uh, so there's all that to consider. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's
1: not it's not a necessarily a great way to start your your holiday, really, because it, it it gets you started oh. in a a really I don't know. A, for for the second and third day, you're on a bit of a, an energy low. Um, and yeah, it's it's not it's not ideal. And again, this is this this is all uh, essentially circumvented if you go to a local place like Disneyland Paris. So yeah, I, th- I think you're right. You, you you essentially lose some of your holiday when you go when you go to America, and you don't get that with with anywhere in Europe. Uh, so that's definitely a bonus.
0: Definitely, yeah. So in terms of uh, location, when you were uh, trying to weigh up where to stay I'm probably just I'll probably just explain if you're not familiar with Disneyland Paris again um there's a few different options uh if you're looking to stay at Disneyland Paris so if you're looking like us uh we're just a couple and we're not really bothered where we'd stay really you know as long as it's clean uh we want somewhere pretty cheap to stay because we'll probably spend most of us money in the parks anyway um we like to stay. Uh, we we stay sort of off the park, just away from the park, about twenty minutes away, in an area called Val de Europe, and Val de Europe is a town that was actually built by Disney. Uh, so, and it's part of that kind of, um, you know, that that kind of uh, area that I was talking about, that kind of five thousand uh, sort of square. Um, five thousand square metres, I think, or my, what, 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 I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But that kinda of, that Disney <laughs> that I don't know, I'm I'm lost my mind. Um so that but anyway, that kind of ring that kind of circle that you see around Disney, Valde Europe is part of that. So you're kind of like staying you're staying in a hotel that's not operated by a Disney, but it's almost like staying uh, at an affiliate hotel, um and you still feel part of that Disney bubble, even though uh, you're about 20 minutes away from the park so we quite like staying there and it's, it's quite a good option um, and you do get um, there are shuttle buses for a few of the different hotels the kind of three main hotels down there you have shuttle buses the other option is that there are uh, Disney Partner Hotels which are like the official partner hotels and they're sort of on the other side of Disneyland uh, Park just outside of the Disney Village um, and staying there a little bit more expensive than staying at Valde Europe but if you have a family... Uh, that can be a bit of a better option because they're a bit more family-friendly hotels. One of them has like a, a mini a mini sort of farm slash zoo. Uh, one of them has like a big pool with like a kind of pirate ship in it and, and like a soft play area and stuff. Uh, one of them is actually themed uh, um, like a castle. So there's a few different ones that you can choose uh, which may be a bit more kid-friendly. Now, the, the, the other option is that you actually stay on site, uh, and that's what you decided to do, stay within the, you know, very close to the park. And there's a few different options within that as well. Um, you can either stay at the more pocket-friendly, um, uh, there's a Cars-themed hotel, and there's a Toy Story-themed hotel that you can stay at, but... Um, but uh, and you can also stay at the kind of uber expensive Disneyland Paris Hotel which is the hotel that you see at the entrance of the park and you can even stay in a room there if you really want to that overlooks the castle but you're talking you know a thousand pounds a night and that's probably beyond most of our pockets but tell us a little bit about the hotel that you chose to stay at and, and the reason why you chose to stay there.
1: Yeah, so we're headed to Newport Bay. So we're headed to to one of the sort of nicer um, Disney-owned hotels. Uh, at least I assume it's Disney-owned. I know that uh, they've they've taken ownership of, of most of the the park now. So uh, I'd I'd take a guess that it's probably owned by them. But I think for for us, we're we're really time poor when it comes to holidays. We don't get many holidays, uh, so we tend to stick less on the value side and more on the convenience side um and for us I mean, newport Bay is, is really close to the entrance it's very much a walkable thing um and because we've got kids you know if, if we want um you know nap time for for one or both of them it's it's uh, a hotel that we can get back to um, very easily without having to get a taxi or a bus or or what have you. I think it's just it's just reassuring knowing that you've got that ability to come back if uh, if if something goes a bit a bit wrong or if someone's overly tired uh, or just just too excited and needs to calm down. Um, but I think I think those requirements are, are more because you know because of the kids. I'm not, I'm not sure if you know if you're a, a young couple. Or um, or just you know just don't don't have kids to, to to have to worry about. Obviously the the priorities would be completely different. I think we'd probably more err on the value side and try to go on a few more holidays if we were, if we were doing that. We'd probably do something more similar to what you, you're doing. Um, but yeah, the kids do do change the equation quite a lot for us.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I mean, uh also the other thing I didn't mention is there is actually a, a campground uh, as well that's uh, nearby. Uh, so you can actually if you if you really wanted to you could drive over and um, you could set up a tent or take a camper van or something like that. But maybe in summer, I don't know if I'd I'd quite fancy that. Um but yeah, Newport Bay, that's one of the Disney hotels. Um it's probably um it's probably I'd say it's probably the most popular one actually, because um, even though a lot of people kind of aspire to stay in the Disneyland uh, Paris hotel, um, it hasn't been renovated for quite a long time. It is due for renovation pretty soon, actually. Um, but Newport Bay was only renovated, um, I think, around eighteen months ago. Um, it's kind of theme. It's got like this kind of nautical theme um it's really nice and i think with people who are looking to stay on property i think may i'd say that's probably the most popular ones. i think you've chosen really well there um probably the other comparative choice could have been the sequoia lodge uh but i believe that's that's due for renovation as well i think that might actually be closed for a portion of next year um that's kind of almost like the it's almost like the kind of wilderness lodge equivalent kind of feel hotel um and it does overlook the the lake near the Disney Village, um, so it's in a decent location. But if I had to choose between Sequoia Lodge and Newport Bay, um, I'd definitely choose Newport Bay. Now the wild card, um, and Shelley actually asked me this: whether you whether you actually considered staying. At the uh, New York Marvel Hotel, and I wonder yeah, sure whether so, that was one that you could book at the time.
1: So we we were looking at a few. We were looking at Disneyland Hotel originally, uh, and I think we we spoke to you about this, and you were like, "Well, you know, it's obviously got the uh, they got the convenience of being literally on the, the park door um, front door." But you you were mentioning that it hadn't been renovated in a while, and that Newport Bay has, and just looking at the reviews, it looks like from. You know, from the facilities within the hotel at Newport Bay is the definite winner there. Uh, we did look at the, I, I think, it w- wasn't it called the Marvel Hotel or the Art of Marvel or something?
0: Yeah, so it's it was called the New York Hotel, but I think now it's called the New York out of Marvel hotels <laughs> so yeah, really a easy. Com- <laughs>
1: bit confusing but yeah we, 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 did, we did look at that and I thought it looked quite cool uh, but I think it was just about to go under, under renovation or, or had already started and I'm really glad we didn't because I think it's, the renovation isn't going to be finished by the time we go uh, I think my, my wife mentioned something to me about that the mm. other week
0: yeah, I mean, when, so we last went in December uh, and the renovation has been well underway for quite a while. But yeah, it's possible that it's been paused now uh, and may well not be ready. Um, so yeah, it's probably, I mean, to be honest, uh, you you might have just got moved into Newport Bay anyway. <laughs> so you probably ended up with Newport Bay. Um, yeah.
1: Is, but, is, it, is it more expensive? Is it, is it about the same kind of price category of, as, as Newport Bay?
0: So, so I, think it's a, I think it's probably a little bit cheaper maybe than Newport Bay. Um but it's still one of the more expensive ones definitely um but I think if you've got if you've got a kid who who's really into marvel um I think it might be a good choice and also um because when the renovation is done it 'll be the newest, shiniest hotel so for you um you know you you'll have the choice of staying in a nice shiny hotel um but I think probably worth mentioning that the even though um, the reason why it's called the art of Marvel hotel is because the rooms have been done in with like kind of um, the art in mind. So it's not, it's not being done in a really cartoony kind of way. Well, there are kind of cartoons out there, but if you kind of sort of go with me a minute, um, they've, they've kind of focused more on, you know, look how good this drawing of, you know, Tony Stark is, you know, and his what a comic book would look like, you know, and his like, you know, um kind of drawings and paintings kind of hung around the hotel and they've tried to do it like that in a kind of more you know a kind of toned down kind of way because it probably would have been easy for them to go right let's have a avengers hotel and go completely crazy with it Uh, but they've not done that so it's kind of and it's probably because it's in france really so because they've tried to go for marvel but with more of a sophisticated kind of feel I guess I think that's probably the way that I'd I'd describe it so don't expect some sort of massive over-the-top Marvel hotel it's more like you know it's really vibrant but it's more like the kind of artistic kind of side of it and so you'll see lots of pictures of the Marvel characters but you're not gonna see a quinjet in the lobby, you know, for example. <laughs> so, you know.
1: I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I uh, obviously I've not been to Paris before to compare directly to anything else there. But uh, the last time we went to Orlando we stayed. Um I said look what was the what was the the hotel called? It was uh, Coronado Springs, Sorry, I'm terrible with names, but Coronado Springs was just absolutely amazing. I was blown away by the hotel. Um, obviously, again, it was it was it was a, a new a new um, part of the of the resort. They'd, they'd literally just built the hotel by the time we uh, or the towers by the time we we got there. Um, we we'd opted not to go in the towers because we wanted uh, something a little bit a little bit more sort of low to the ground. Um, but we we went in there. We we had some amazing meals. Um, all the facilities for for basically the whole resort were, were new. Even the rooms that that weren't new, they're just freshly renovated. So like we we had an amazing time out there. So it'll be, be really interesting checking out Newport Bay and seeing what it's like in comparison. Because I think I think sometimes it's hard to tell what's what's you know in in America you've got you've you've got. The fact that it's Disney and that's why it's, it's such a sort of luxury experience and you've got the fact that it's America and sometimes it's like go big or go home out there. So I'm not sure if it'll be the same kind of feel in, in Paris where everything's really, you know, really well equipped and much bigger than you'd think for a hotel Or whether it's more sort of European hotel and it's just got the Disney theming, I'm I'm not. I'm not sure what it's going to be like. Basically, yeah,
0: I think um, it it won't be. It's they're not like the um, Disney World resorts. You know, the Disney World resorts are very, very sprawling, aren't they? Um, The ones that Disneyland Paris are more like hotels. You know, they are they are hotels and they're probably on the larger side of hotels, but they are hotels so I'd say you know more on the European side you know a bit more toned down yeah they may well have a pool and a spa and all that kind of stuff but and they'll have you know uh, a bar or two and a restaurant and all that kind of stuff but it'll feel more like a hotel it won't feel like um a resort like Coronado Springs it won't feel like that so it'll kind of have a different feel to it it'll just feel like you're in a really big hotel uh you know um Because a lot of people, yeah, because in America, they call them resorts, and I know we call them resorts as well, but they're not really resorts, (laughs) you know, in comparison to the ones that you'll find in America, these kind of massive, sprawling resorts. Uh, It's more like staying in a really big hotel. And I think one of the reasons for that is, in America, um, a lot of people will go to Disney and go to one of the hotels, sometimes just to stay in the hotel, you know, for a few days. Uh, Whereas if you go into Disneyland Paris... You are going there for the park. I'd, I'm not really sure why anyone would go to Disneyland Paris just to stay in one of the hotels for a few days. It won't yeah. make sense to me. So that's one of the reasons. They're not re- the the hotels over there are not really designed to keep you engaged all day. You know, I'd say the ones over in Florida are there to. They could, you know, you could easily, you know, Wilder the Sludge, for example, you could easily spend all day there doing various things. Uh, but the reality is, the ones at Disneyland Paris are. Yeah, we've got some nice features, but it's kind of somewhere for you to stay and, you know, go for a drink or go for a meal. Uh, but we're not going to keep you entertained all day because, you know, you surely you're going into the parks, aren't you? Uh, you know, so I think that's the kind of approach that they take. Um do you know much about um have you ever, have you had a think about yet about where you might want to go to, to eat? Have you have you looked much into the Disney Village. A lot of people don't realise that the Disney Village exists, which is like a kind of mini uh, downtown Disney slash Disney Springs. Have you have you kind of looked into that yet?
1: Yeah, so we we have done. And again, it's it's been a little while. I think it's 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 mad because there's there's so much to to the research. I, I know it's it's not Disney World, but there's still so much to to do and see um we've we've had a look at, at all all of the sort of the big the big name um restaurants um it, it's to be honest though it's been it's been like three I, I we did this just before lockdown really kicked in so it's been it's been a few months now since we did the research um so i could probably do with a bit of a, a bit of a, a mental jog in in terms of uh of what, what is out there i think from from memory uh, there's a lot more restaurants that sound quite authentic like I'm, I'm looking forward to trying trying some of the actual you know French uh, French menu options um, which I, I think in, in America is, is strange in America because obviously they're, they're very remote to a lot of the theming areas that, that, that are in the land so they don't actually have any real castles they're, they're nowhere near Europe all of these foods uh, are brought in and they all seem quite distant but in Disneyland Paris, I, I'm, I'm expecting more sort of local food and, and more foods are sort of representative of, of France. And from looking at uh, some of the some of the menus, I, I think that is what, what I saw. I think, for instance, I think you can have snails and, you know, if, if you I can't remember what the actual term for. Thank you. Um, like, I, I don't think there's any chance that that would happen in Disney World, uh, Or I could be wrong.
0: No, yeah, I'd, I'd say, yeah, I, I found that the food at Disneyland Prize is less homogenised than what you'll find over in America. So by homogenised, what I mean is that um, all the food isn't basically the same, you know, where you go. Um, there definitely is a degree of homogenization, but you know, there's some big differences. You know, you could go to Che uh, Remy, which is the Ratatouille-themed restaurant, uh, which is in the Disney Studios. And you can go there and you can actually get, you know, a Ratatouille that looks like the Ratatouille that, um, that it made in the film. And you yeah, can get I'm, I'm
1: giving that a go. That sounds good. Yeah, um, what What's Buffalo take... Bills like? Because we, we were looking at booking that.
0: Yeah, so Buffalo Bills is, is a dinner show, um, and it's kind of like basic barbecue type food so nothing that would kind of knock your socks off uh it's just kind of basic you're mainly paying for the show um so you go in um and you do like a uh, goofy does like a bit of a pre-show and you sort of you know around there and then you get invited into the kind of main arena and then you can kind of pay for uh you know you can pay for more central seating if you want that or you can just pay and sit wherever and they just kind of serve you kind of basic barbecue food so you might get like you know some ribs or something and you'll get some sweet corn or whatever and you get like some cornbread or something so it's just basically like that uh, and most people who go to buffalo bills are not going there for the food uh they're going there for the show so i'd probably just bear that in mind i think from you know the the show is worth going to but don't expect to you know get fed you know really big portions of really good quality food i'd say um i think uh for me uh the best restaurant so the buffalo bills that that is um uh, the wild west show is in the disney village but i think the best restaurant that we've um experienced in the disney village is king ludwig's which is one which a lot of people forget about and it's kind of easy to miss because um It kind of looks like a castle tower sort of in the middle of the village and it's kind of shoehorned between Starbucks and down there where Earl's Sandwich is. Uh, But in there, it's absolutely gigantic inside and it's themed like a kind of medieval castle inside and it's great. Uh, Really good theming inside, uh, like you're inside this big castle. Um, And the food's really good, and they do food just like um, you can get, like, half a a roast chicken with, like, mashed potatoes and things like that, Um, and they just do really good food, and it won't, I mean, the prices are all kind of around the kind of same kind of mark, really, in Disneyland price, wherever you go. Um, but they do do like a happy hour and you can get like a stein of beer, which is you know something that's quite fun to get and they do do like cocktails and they do like two for one cocktails, I think sometimes in the happy hour, so it just depends what you're kind of looking for, but my top tip would be um if you're gonna if you're gonna go to a restaurant in the parks uh you need to make sure you book ahead. Uh, because it's really hard to get in on the day when you're there. So make sure you've got those planned out. In terms of the restaurants in the Disney Village, unless you want to go to, for example, uh, Cafe Mickey, which is... um, uh you know a character experience which you do need to book ahead a lot of the restaurants in the village you can actually just turn up and kind of walk in uh but if you want to do that i would recommend getting out of the park before the fireworks finish and ju- and you can normally just go we normally will go in so if we go to king ludwig's we'll go in the we'll just leave as the fireworks are starting Uh, and then we'll go in and we'll just get seen to a table and we'll be in there pretty much by ourselves. And by the time the rest of the crowds are coming in, we've pretty much finished our our meal by then. Uh, So that would be my kind of top tip. Um, Because I think probably once you've seen the fireworks on the first night, you don't necessarily need to see them every night, do you?
1: No, they're they're a once-off thing. I think the interesting thing about going out in in America to, to the restaurants at Disney World is... It tends to be that the better theming they have in a restaurant, the worse and more generic the food is, uh, and the sort of the the, the more sort of dulled down, uh, less less themed restaurants seem to have much much better sort of food food offerings. Mm. So I, I assume that might still be the case in in Disney Disneyland Paris as well.
0: Possibly, but I mean, like I said, I think the best food that we've had at Disneyland Paris has probably been a, a Chez Remy, which is probably the best themed restaurant, uh, I'd say. Um, and then King of Ludwig's, which actually, even though it's just kind of like a random kind of medieval kind of theme, um, it's actually really well themed. <laughs> Although, I mean, the the like any kind of Disney place, they kind of really pack the tables in, you know, the tables are really packed in, you know, so that's why it's good to go when it's not busy um um and, and probably you know um the, i mean cafe mickey is kind of like it's almost like a kind of um you know like 50s diner kind of look you know which is quite generic um and that's probably one of the more expensive ones um one of the most interesting restaurants that you could go to is there is um one called captain jacks and i don't know if you've heard of yeah, it yeah
1: i was literally just about to to ask about that cuz I, I think I think my son would would probably have loads of fun there. The only thing is, it looks quite dark and quite spooky, and it, it actually might freak him out if it's if it's too well themed. But from the pictures, it looks it looks really really good fun.
0: Yeah, so it's like it is quite dark, um, and the reason why it's dark is because it's literally within the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Um, so, um, however, uh, you know, the, it depends really what you want to do. Like we sat away from the water's edge and so there was a bit more light there and you can ask to sit you know more towards where you know the servers are um a bit further up uh but really one of the best seats you can get is is towards the water's edge um and then you kind of watch the um you can see the boats go past you know for uh, pirates of the caribbean so it's kind of swings and roundabouts with that one you know you could go in and you know, just taking the atmosphere, and you can still see uh, the ride and and the boats coming through, but you're just kind of seeing it from a bit of a distance. So, yeah, it is reasonably dark in there, but you know, the staff are really friendly, um and it's just like a kind of it's like a kind of Caribbean kind of feel. You know, it's like rope everywhere, and it's kind of like stone. And yeah, well, I mean, what's I, the, I, the food I don't like? Know. The food, yeah, I mean, the food wasn't completely um, I wasn't blown away by the food but it was nice you know it was nice enough and yeah it was quite expensive uh but it's theme park food I mean it was kind of like theme park food prices but I had um I can't I had like some sort of uh I think I might have had like a kind of chicken with like a tamarind kind of sauce you know so it wasn't like you know burgers and chips kind of place there were some interesting options on there and I think there was some, like, coconut-flavoured... Uh, we I think we had coconut bread, actually, uh, as a starter. I think they brought us out some coconut bread. So it's kind of like... It is kind of loosely themed to those kind of flavours. You know, pineapple, coconut, you know, those kind of flavours. Uh, you know, tamarind. Um, so, yeah, it's worth looking into, I think, Captain Jack's. I mean, I don't know if you could consider making the reservation and then you know you could ask a cast member can I take can I take him in and just sort of see how you know how it kind of reacts to the atmosphere yeah you know, I kind of commit to sitting down you know it's making. so
1: difficult because like I think by the time we go there it's gonna it's still a while away you know it's still next year so things will have changed by then anyway so it's it's sometimes a bit a bit hard when you're when you're mm-hmm. playing that far ahead with young kids because you, you don't know what they're going to be like um, if if I
0: were you, I'd book in. Uh, because unlike the Disney World ones, um, um unless they've changed it since, uh, you don't get penalized. You know for cancelling. You know, towards when you when your date is, so I'd consider you know doing that. Um, one thing I would consider looking into, I don't know if um you know how they feel with uh, characters. Um, but the the Crystal Palace uh, buffet is is quite a good option. I mean, I don't know how we're going to stand with with buffets, you know, next year. But um, there is the Crystal Palace. Um, oh no, sorry, um, is it Plaza Gardens there, or is that Plaza Gardens in
1: Florida? <laughs> well, I was going to say we went to Crystal Palace in uh, uh, in right. Disney World, and uh, yeah, uh,
0: it's very similar. Yeah.
1: I wasn't blown away by, it could just have been that when we went, it was really packed and it was a bit stressful. Um, And the food was very much like, uh, you know, your generic buffet foods. You got your your sausages and beans and stuff. I think, to be honest, maybe I, I was expecting better food, but really you're paying for the location. You're paying to basically eat smack bang in the middle of one of the most famous parks in the world and I think maybe that was more their their unique sort of selling point rather than the food itself. So I'm not sure what what that's like compared to Paris.
0: So it's a little bit more relaxed. Um, I'd recommend going for breakfast and going sort of reasonably early on, Um, you know, and it is a bit more relaxed, I'd say, um, than uh, the one... Uh, then, you know, uh, Crystal Palace, Plaza Gardens is a little bit more relaxed. And uh, the characters, they have like a bit of a mixture. They have like a mixed bag characters. So they have Tigger, uh, but they also have Scrooge McDuck uh, for some reason.
1: <laughs> I've not seen Scrooge in the park. That's,
0: that's <laughs> yeah. new. So if you want to see a, a really unique <laughs> Disney character, uh, that's kind of your opportunity, really, because that's where you that's where you see him uh so i'd recommend um I, I think i'd recommend booking breakfast there one day Get, you know book an early breakfast there um if you're staying on property i think you can book like uh maybe sort of quite far in advance uh with your reservation so i would just book in for breakfast and just go with it and it's not priced too badly i mean it's you know it's theme park food again um but yeah and um you know there's not many at Disneyland Paris there's not many restaurants in the park you know the main ones probably are you know those that we've mentioned really I mean you will find Casey's Corner as well that's there um but I would say be really careful with the mustard over there because it kind of like blows your head off a little bit yeah (laughs) I'm
1: I'm all I'm I'm all for hot and spicy and and, uh, classic mustard is definitely high on my list I'm just I'm, I'm you've got me curious now I'm looking through a list of all the all the restaurants and there's there's some here that look look pretty there's a Middle Eastern one um Agribar yes. Cafe which you are obviously yeah. from from Aladdin that that looks that looks interesting
0: Yeah um Agribar Cafe that's uh you know like all like hummus and um you know chickpea type dishes and things like that and that's really well themed as well uh that is a little bit on the dark side as well but not as dark as Captain Jack's yeah I forgot that one but yeah um yeah if you want more of like a healthy kind of choice then then that's probably a pretty good shout and they do have a massive selection of food in there like really big selection um so I think it's probably well worth it actually going going there uh, if you can uh, and that's another one um, you don't always have to book that one that one you can sometimes just walk in but um, depending on the time of year we're going if if you do want to go to it I'd recommend just booking it and then then you've got it sorted then
1: what um, about the the rainforest cafe sorry again it's, it's a theming outside I, I can imagine uh, so my, my son rain... pointing at that and just wanting to go in
0: yeah no i think the rainforest cafe um feels very generic to me um inside um it's a little bit it's a little bit worn i'd say that's probably one of your worst options in the village um so i wouldn't really recommend that i mean i you know i like i said i think in the village i think i'd suggest going to uh king ludwig's um Or another option is if you just want something quick, go to Earl Sandwich. Uh, Earl Sandwich is fantastic over there. Um, So that's always a good option. And they do do like a bit of a quick kind of breakfast in there as well. Uh, You can get like a croissant and a coffee, um, or you can get like a sandwich. They do one called uh, Le Frenchie, uh, and that's basically uh, like ham, gruyere, cheese, and mustard. Uh, and it's really really nice, <laughs> so I'd recommend getting that if if you want to. Um, so yeah, so there's quite a, quite a few options there, sort of food wise. So so I think probably just have a look into it and just kind of think about you know what what you want, kind of what your budget is going to be. Um, just expect to pay. You're gonna pay slightly over the odds, you know, for the food because you're in a theme park. Um, I think if you're comfortable with that, um, there is, um, dependent on what the situation is with the Disneyland Paris hotel. There's a couple. There's a few options in the Disneyland Paris hotel. Uh, there is a, a California Grill there, which does like, um, which is probably the most expensive restaurant on park. Um, there's also, I think it's in in a. In inventions or it's inventions which is uh, a character based kind of buffet again but it's a little bit more um it's a little bit more relaxed and a bit more grown up kind of feel because it's in the hotel and it's a bit more relaxed in there that's quite a good option um if you want to go to a character dinner or uh, they might do breakfast in there as well uh, that could be an option and also, if you just want a kind of light bite and you or you want to just go for a drink or a, a bit of a cocktail, um, there's Cafe Fantasia, which is just across the way in the hotel as well. Um, but, I mean, uh, you know, if you're paying for a cocktail over there, you're paying nearly $20 for a cocktail Wow, sometimes.
1: yeah, that's, that's steep. Uh,
0: And this is something you need to just be aware of at Disneyland price. It's probably the same at Disney World as well, is that you can sometimes get exactly the same thing somewhere else for about €4 cheaper. Um, So uh, some of the cocktails that they'll sell in the Disneyland hotel in Cafe Fantasia, you may actually be able to get in Newport Bay, but actually cheaper. So it's probably just worth reviewing the prices. Uh, For Cafe Fantasia, you're just kind of paying for been in Cafe Fantasia but it, it's beautiful as it's Cafe Fantasia and they have this massive chandelier and it's obviously it's themed based on you know Fantasia um, um, so it's fantastic So and I think it's, it's
1: interesting because that's not just food like if uh, my, my wife was queuing for ages to find uh, some Disney exclusive jewellery that they'd just released when we were in uh, in America last and we were in this queue for ages and ages and in the end we just gave up uh, and the a couple of days later we're in um one of the other parks um and we we went into just a generic gift shop and they had the same jewelry uh, about 15 dollars less and there was no queue so just generally in disney just always look around because you can find the same things in different shops for a fraction of the price sometimes
0: yeah exactly exactly and um That can... You know, and it's always worth um, looking in... If you don't find what you want in World of Disney um, to look uh, a bit further down in Disney Village, there is actually another gift shop uh, and they actually have sometimes a wider selection of, you know, teddies and sometimes some different things that you'll find in World of Disney. So sometimes you have got to kind of shop around a little bit. But whatever you do, make sure you put time aside to go to World of Disney um, because... Uh, unlike the one in Florida now, it still is. It does still feel very Disney. I think the one in Florida, I think they've made it. I don't know. It kind of looks like a warehouse now. I don't, <laughs> I don't not, know what they're my, thinking with that. Um, it's
1: it's a bit it's a bit of a mad shop. Um, yeah. I I I think um. I mean, incidentally, like I think the best the best food we had in America was at Toledo's, which is a, a restaurant at the top of the hotel that, that we were we were staying in. So I'm not sure if there's like a, a little, quite a you know restaurant that might be a little bit out of out of the way that might be worth worth visiting. I haven't really done research to that extent yet. But if anything like that pops up, I'd be interested in seeing it.
0: Yeah, I mean the restaurants in the hotels are sometimes you know overlooked, um, and it's probably the ones in Newport Bay are probably a good option. So probably do consider eating in in your hotel at least you know one of the nights because um, sometimes people overlook that. Uh, because they want to stay, they want to go into the other uh, restaurants, the busier ones, so so yeah, uh, I think that's probably something you might want to have a look into, and then we can pick that up at a later date, and look into more, more detail, so um, okay, so I think we'll probably start to wrap this one up a little bit, but um, you know, just in in general, um, is there anything um, at Disneyland Park, or at the studio, something that you you you're really excited to to do that you're really looking forward to doing when you go there.
1: Yeah, um so I, I think I, I think it's just it for me it's the rides. I just wanna I wanna get out there and I wanna actually get on some rides um because it's been it's been an absolutely mad year and I think just having having that experience to look forward to is gonna be really good. Um I think for me, it's it's just going to be comparing all the differences between you know what what they've got in Paris because they've got so many of the same rides. You know they've got um, they've got the, the haunted mansion out there, don't they? But from what I hear, it's it's potentially better themed.
0: Yeah, so they've got uh, so it's called Phantom Manor, um, and the audio's just been restored to the original audio, which was done by Vincent Price. Um, so it was under renovation for ages, like nearly two years really um yeah i i i liked i like it a lot better than uh, the haunted mansion in florida um i don't know why it just feels it feels more authentically spooky i'd say so the haunted mansion um in florida it kind of feels like you know it's really good but it, you know you kind of feel like you're on a ride uh, um and I don't know, you kind of, I feel like I'm more aware that I'm going on a ride, uh, when I go to Phantom Manor, you see this, this, this house, this kind of small spooky house, and then you kind of walk into it, and it kind of all kind of unravels in front of you, and, um, I don't know, I just found it, I found the audio to be really good, and, and, um, you know, the effects that are in there are really fun, Um, and obviously you get the audio of Vincent Price. Um, I don't know, yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I I did like it better than The Haunted Mansion. I mean, I I do think The Haunted Mansion's really good, but, yeah, I think Phantom Manor is just slightly better, I'd say. Um, And also the area of the park where it is as well, because Phantom Manor is very imposing. It um, kind of... It can be stood near uh, Thunder Mountain... um, you know, with the boat coming round down the lake and you just see this house uh, shimmering um, across from the lake. Whereas the Haunted Mansion, it kind of feels like it's kind of... It it kind of reveals itself a bit too late and it's not very... You know, you kind of don't see it until you've kind of been through the queue a little bit and I don't think you get that kind of anticipation uh, like you do with Phantom Manor, uh, unfortunately. So... Yeah, I'd say it has got the edge, and I think you'll you'll really enjoy it. And the best thing is uh, it's generally walk-on a lot of the time because it's got such a big capacity that you're normally just walking on it.
1: That's what I like to hear. And I think they've got, the, in Paris, they've got the best Big Thunder as well. Everyone raves about, you know, I think it's supposed to be longer than the ones they've got in America, and it's, it it goes... Uh, under under the under a bridge or under a tunnel at some point, is not it? Um...
0: Yeah. So the so the big difference of a big thunder mountain in Paris is that um, big thunder mountain. The the main portion of the ride is actually on an island in the middle of the lake. So there's there's um, so in Frontierland is basically an area, and then there's a big lake. There's Phantom Manor to one side. There's the Molly Brown boat uh, dock, and then there's there's the um, you know, Thunder Mountain is just basically um, an island in the middle. Um, so you actually board the ride, not on the island. And to get there, it actually goes underneath the lake and then takes you up Thunder Mountain and then you kind of go around it. And then towards the end of the ride, you go back under the lake and back onto uh, the station. So that makes it a little bit more unique. But it is, it is it's faster and it's wilder uh it felt to me a bit longer I don't know if it is or not but it just felt like a much it felt more like a roller coaster I was I was quite disappointed by Thunder Mountain in Florida I'd kind of built it up uh but it just felt a bit too tame for me almost like you know they have the runaway Mine train at Alton Towers which is just basically is kind of powered coaster which doesn't really go at any speed at all and it kind of felt a bit like that um but Mountain at Disneyland Paris, it is a wild ride. And uh, my last ride in December... Uh, was a night ride in the rain on the back row of Thunder Mountain. And I'm telling you that was a wild ride. That was absolutely mad. Uh, so yeah, that's something that can't be missed. Yeah. You'll, I, definitely it, it. you'll
1: definitely enjoy it. it's definitely it's something to look forward to. And I know there are a few new rides as well as there's, uh, there's uh, for think there's there's one that I was looking at. Indiana Jones is it? Um,
0: yeah, so Indiana Jones. It, it's it's quite a generic uh roller coaster it's like a kind of v coma just like looping just single loop uh coaster yeah it's fun uh it's something different but um it was kind of built at a time uh during the sort of michael eisner kind of reign where they didn't have a lot of money they needed to put a ride in Uh, they just had to kind of put it in and I think even after a year they had to completely put more theming in it because it just seemed so random when they first built it Um, but yeah it's fun and it's yeah it does go upside down and it's a fun ride I really enjoy it Uh, but it's nothing it's nothing extraordinary you know I wouldn't queue you know I wouldn't queue for a long time for it you know 15-20 minutes I think could be my limit
1: uh, yeah sorry about the the background noise there my dog <laughs> has escaped and is now causing chaos in the entire house i think and there's, there's ratatouille as well and that one looks it must be good because they're porting it across to uh to florida so it must be must be a bit of a crowd pleaser
0: yeah ratatouille is fantastic um you get all the kind of audio visual and also you get the kind of smells as well trackless ride um yeah really unique really fun um probably probably rated as you know probably the top ride or at least within the top few rides at Disneyland Paris I'd say um one ride that does get overlooked a little bit that people do not seem to mention a lot is uh, Crush's Coaster which is like an indoor spinning coaster but that is one that gets it does get really big queues um, so if you're gonna get if you you'll have uh, extra magic hours hopefully uh, from staying at Newport Bay. I would recommend if you're gonna go to Walt Disney Studios, get in there first thing and get yourself over to Crush's Coaster straight away, uh, because all day long that will have a 45 minute queue, uh, no doubt. Uh, yeah, right. Um, no- so, note made. So I'll, you need um... to get on that extra magic hours. I mean, even if you're not planning to be there all day and you're going to go to Disneyland Park, I would recommend getting over to Walt Disney Studios, get on Chris's Coaster, and then hop over to Disneyland Park. And that's one of the handy things with Disneyland Paris I really like, is the fact that you can literally just... Park hop uh, just by walking across the uh, the path, and you just walk back over to the hotel. Go back into the land park, or you can just walk back over to the studios, and it's just literally like a ten minute walk uh, across across the path, uh, which you can't do in Florida. You know, it'd involve uh, you know a sweaty bus ride, and you'd have to kind of you up again and all this kind of mess you know you're talking an hour or so sometimes or maybe a sweaty walk uh, from you know up to International Gate or something like that uh, from Hollywood Studios but uh, at Disneyland Paris it's literally just walking across which is really really handy Um, but yeah there's a lot of of rides there which uh, at Disneyland Paris I would argue have the better version of the type of ride Uh, It's a Small World I think it's really it's a really fresh uh, version of it and it also has a proper uh, like like at Disneyland uh in California Um, It has the full, you know, frontage, you know, um, so it looks really impressive as you're walking towards it. The one in Florida, it's kind of like just there uh, across from the Peter Pan ride and you're like, oh, is that it? Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's a a, a weird location,
1: actually, is that in quite like a condensed street and it's a bit of a bottleneck and it's quite a stressful place to be.
0: It is, it is. Uh, So yeah, they have Peter Pan's flight, but that's pretty much exactly the same as the one you'll find in Florida. I would recommend getting a fast pass for that uh, straight away. Um, So yeah, so there's a few different things. So the only thing, uh, so before we finish that, I'll just wrap up on a couple of different points, things that you really need to be aware of if you're going to Disneyland Paris. Uh, And you did touch on one of these earlier. So the first one is fast pass. They don't have, um, you know, like Fast Pass Plus, so you're not booking it on an app and then getting a slot. You are doing like the old school: go into a machine, uh, you get a ticket, it gives you a time to go back, and you go back and you use your ticket, and then you go and get another ticket, and so on. So, you know, you you probably, you know, during the day, you could probably get five of these Fast Passes. I'd say if you're really on the ball with it. You need to be aware of that from the off and really plan out what you're going to do. But don't waste your fast passes. Don't get a fast pass for, like I say, Phantom Manor. Uh, I, to be honest, I don't even know if you can get a fast pass for it. But don't get fast passes for rides which are just not going to be busy. Get them for the most popular rides. So, uh, you're talking, you know, Peter Pan's Flight. um You can't get one for Crusher's Coaster, but maybe you could get one for Thunder Mountain. Um, Maybe you could get one even for... To be honest, Space Mountain, if you go there early, you're probably going to be walking onto it. But if you're going to be going into the park later, get one for Space Mountain, because you might be queuing later on. So just just have a think about you know what kind of also buzz light year spin that can get big crowds in the afternoon as well
1: yeah we, i don't so, think I, I remember doing that one in I, I know they've got an equivalent in america but i, I don't think i've done that one uh, i think it's it's, it's awkward because obviously you need your hands and i it's kid friendly so kids can go on it but they won't get the most out of it so we, we tend to skip it
0: mm, I'd i'd recommend going on it it's really fun uh and they've just they're just renovating it or they have been renovating it at the moment it is a really good ride it's worth going on it even if you don't use the guns and just sort of experience it because it is quite impressive you know the sets that they're having there and things are moving all the time well
1: i I think our our little lad is is really interested in buzz Lightyear like yeah now so it's probably worth it just just for the theming Um, yeah
0: I'd, i'd say so um definitely and then the, the final thing you nearly, really, really need to be aware of that's very different is that if you want to see a character at Disneyland Paris that's not, that's, wouldn't say, one of the most popular characters, so, for example, Buzz Lightyear or Olaf, um, you know, these kind of characters, you will need a, an app which is called Line Bertie. So that's just Line and then Bertie which is B-E-R-T-Y. And Lime Bertie is like um a booking app that will allow you to book characters. So normally um towards Christmas they'll have Jack Skellington uh, near Phantom Manor. You that's the only way you're gonna see Jack Skellington. If you want to see Buzz Lightyear, that's the only way you're going to see Buzz Lightyear. Um, If you want to see Olaf, that's the only way you're going to see Olaf. And what they do is they release tickets first thing in the morning when the park's open and they release some in the afternoon as well. And what you need to do is get the app and at the time uh, when it's becoming due, maybe just a minute before, just keep refreshing, keep refreshing, keep refreshing until until it offers you a ticket. Get that ticket booked straight away. And sometimes what it'll say is it'll say, oh, your slot is in four hours' time or something. But in reality, that time normally reduces down to about 20 minutes or something like that. So if if you're really keen on seeing Olaf, for example, which I guess probably most kids are, then you need to have Bertie. So just make sure you've planned out and you've really thought about what characters I want to see and have a look on Bertie whether those characters are on there or not, because you're going to have a really, really disappointed kid if you um, can't see those characters. And it's really heartbreaking because the thing is, um, often the kids, the, these are not in like buildings. They're normally just in an area where anyone can kind of walk past. So you'll see kids going, oh, I want to go and see Olaf, but... The cat because they haven't booked a, a ticket. Yeah, um, again, it's it's such a different so.
1: system than than Disney World, isn't it? Where little the sort of lines just start queuing, and you can you can just quickly like nip in when you see when you see you know uh, there is going to be a character there. You you sort of know from the location what kind of character is going to going to appear, and you, you can just do it ad hoc. Yeah, uh, or or you could do. Uh, I'm not sure. Obviously, that that will have changed now. There are, uh, some, but yes, there It, it, it some... seems like a.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are some way you can do that. Like, Mickey Mouse uh, has his own building and you'll just go and queue up and you'll go and queue for an hour, you know, if you want to go and see a Mickey Mouse. Uh, Donald Duck uh, is normally one that will hang around um near uh around Main Street at the bottom of Main Street and, and with Donald Duck you can you can just go and queue up. Uh sometimes Stitch will turn up and you can normally just go and queue up for Stitch. Sometimes uh Winnie the Pooh will turn up or uh sometimes Tigger uh and sometimes you can find uh Pluto and so with some of those characters but those are the kind of um you know they're kinda of like the old school kind of more generic characters. Um, but the kind of more specialist ones I guess, so like Jack Skellington or Buzz Lightyear, for example, uh, and and spend a lot of the time with Pluto, um, you do need to get Lime Bertie, so definitely get that app and definitely get yourself booked in. What we found is if you want to do OLAF is get into Walt Disney Studios early. Uh, first thing, go and get yourself some breakfast from the they've got like a really big canteen area which is within the first building to the right and they actually do quite a good deal like it's not even that expensive and they do this kind of like uh omelet sandwich kind of thing and a croissant and an orange juice or whatever just get that and then just while you're eating just keep refreshing uh for lime Bertie and probably by the time you've finished your breakfast you'll have a ticket for for olaf so that'd be my top tip yeah, rather than kind of sitting good. around in the rain or something Sound, sounds
1: organized I'm, I'm sure that my my wife will be all over this incidentally uh it sounds like the the dog tried to share our, our baby's new vibrating seat which resulted in the scream uh, apparently that issue has now been resolved so apologies <laughs> for for the chaos at my side well welcome to our world
0: that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah, unfortunately, you can't take your dog to Disneyland Paris, can you? So, Although, um, I think they do We're not taking the dog. I don't care if they <laughs> chase the woman. The dog
1: is not going anywhere near.
0: They do actually have at Disneyland Paris uh, um like a kind of dog daycare service. Uh so if you did drive to Disneyland Paris and uh, you just went there for the day and you had your dog, uh there is actually there's like a first come first serve doggy daycare uh so you know <laughs> it's an option i guess the dog can stay in
1: the kennels i'm i'm, I'm fine <laughs> with that
0: yeah Brilliant. OK, well, I think we've we've covered an awful lot of ground. So hopefully uh, after this conversation, uh, Dan, you feel a little bit more informed. Hopefully the audience is feeling a little bit more informed. Um, I think like we, we were talking about this before we uh, did the recording, I think probably what we'll do is we'll pick this up again at some point in the future when you've done a bit more planning um and we'll sort of see where you are with it and we'll uh we'll go through it in a bit more detail if you're up for yeah
1: I, I think the final sort of couple of months of preparation for us we're, we're starting to look forward to it we, we've really you know gotten gotten a little bit more intense on the old research side so if you can catch me in that that window uh there'll probably be a lot more of a, a buzz a buzz about the experience because it'll be something you know upcoming that we can really look forward to yeah
0: it'll be real then you'll be like we're going to disney in two months yeah time. absolutely absolutely <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so before we close then, do you want to just remind everyone where they can find you?
1: Yeah, feel free to subscribe to Is It Worth It theme parks. Um, at the moment I've just got some uh, some footage from our last trip out to America. I've got a little bit more to stick on there, so it's just POVs at the minute, um, but what I'm planning to do is put some of the Halloween stuff on there uh, in time for this Halloween, because obviously it was taken taken last year when things were a little bit more normal in the parks, and I think a few people might might be after that kind of material this year. Um, so, if you if you think you might might be interested, subscribe, and uh, hopefully I'll get some more more fresh material out out shortly
0: brilliant thank you and yeah theme park loopy if you want to find us we're probably most active on facebook uh so just find us at theme park loopy you can also find us on instagram and we do also have a youtube channel which um, i don't know, i keep saying this but <laughs> we don't upload to it as much as what we'd like um just mainly because we've been so busy at the moment but we do have a few vlogs and povs and things on there so if you want to come and check that out check that out um but mainly, probably come and find us on Facebook, and we also have a group called Loopy About Theme Parks, and you can just join that and ask us questions and sort of join the conversation.
1: Is... I should have clarified. Yeah, I'm I'm only on YouTube. I I, I haven't got the time to be on Facebook, <laughs> but I, I admire your group. It's 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 well it's well administered. I'm I'm enjoying the posts.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and and like I said before, Dan is a, a regular collaborator. Uh, with Theme Park Loopy and uh, joins in um, on the live streams and various other things that we're doing. Uh, so you'll see Dan on there as well. So you can come and say hi to him on the group or join one of our future live streams uh, when we do finally manage to get one booked in. When we're not all, <laughs> One day. One day when we're not all too busy. So yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, everyone. And we'll see you again real soon. This podcast is over.